The following is a CA original. The mighty sound of the South, tailgating on Tiger Lane. Tom three at the Liberty Bowl. Each one a Memphis football tradition. This is the Tiger Football Podcast. What's happening, Tiger football fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Football Podcast. Uh, I'm Mark Giannato, the CA Sports Columnist. I'm joined by Evan Barnes, our Tiger Football Beat Writer. Jason Munns, our Tiger Basketball Beat Writer, is in here as well, producing. Uh, It's been a while since we joined you. Uh, I think we did one after the SMU game and the big college game day weekend, and then as Memphis took an off week, we also ended up taking an off week with all the Wiseman stuff that went on, but hopefully... uh, what is it? Absence makes the heart grow fonder. So we are back this week with uh, coming out, coming off Memphis's win over Houston. They go to South Florida this weekend, essentially one win away from setting up a big time showdown with Cincinnati on Black Friday, in which a spot in the AAC championship game, at least for Memphis, it appears will be on the line, and so. Uh, exciting times. Uh, last night, we're recording this on Wednesday. Last night, the newest college football playoff rankings came out. Memphis stayed at number 18, but Cincinnati dropped two spots to number 19, therefore making Memphis the top-ranked group of five team in the college football playoff rankings. It, it's it's huge, but it also, because they play Cincinnati and possibly could play Cincinnati two weeks in a row if they make the AAC championship game doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things it's it it basically comes down to this if Memphis wins out they're going to go to the Cotton Bowl and if they don't uh they're probably going to go to some other bowl and and someone will probably leapfrog them but Evan you were in Houston um what are sort of your and, and you've been at practice this week what are, what is what is the vibe around this team as the stakes grow with each week it's funny you say that because uh as we're recording this getting back from practice today um mike was not happy at practice today there was a little bit of a bad energy at the start of practice there's a little bit of a some scuffling if you will some good energies coming out but ultimately Mike wasn't too happy about it and he, and he felt that you know they lost focus a bit so this was a good way to kind of remind them that they got to be at their best every day, otherwise they could get beat in South Florida, which is interesting because going back to Houston, I thought they played one of their best defensive games just as far as how Houston only had, I think, less than 50 yards after halftime. They only crossed midfield twice. Um, they got a takeaway for the first time in three games. Um, I thought they were as focused as they could be, but as of right now, every game matters. Every practice matters, so they really have to just kind of, you know, they don't want to get too. They're not going. They're not getting caught up in any like cotton ball speculation. It's more just we're trying to focus on taking care of business, pretty much. Yeah. Well, there's still a lot of steps to go until the combo. I thought that Houston game. It struck me as it, it was. It showed me just how good Memphis has become. In that they didn't come out focused in that game. They kind of slept walk through the first quarter, quarter and a half, and then still put their foot on Houston's neck and really beat the tar out of them for two and a half quarters on the road I mean, on, that's, yeah. on the road that's yeah a, that's a, the mark of a good in a, in a place that yeah. hasn't been too kind of them over the last few years yeah. yeah well i mean the last time they were there they had a really exciting win i remember covering the that. second half was great wasn't yeah. it? the first half was kind but of... 
Yeah, so but I just thought they they looked like a good team in the sense that they kind of toyed with Houston. Right. Um, they didn't look good in the sense that they played a full sixty minute game, but they toyed with Houston, and I, I I liked to see that because it told me that they're really. I mean, they're just locked in, especially offensively. I mean, this now looks as good as any Mike Norvell offense has looked uh, during his time here. Like this looks. As good as that Riley Ferguson, Anthony Miller senior year two years ago. Um, and maybe even a little better because you've got more web. It's not just um, Anthony Miller. And, you know, it, it's that team was Anthony Miller as a senior, Riley Ferguson as a, as a senior, an experienced O line. But then you had young backs and Daryl Henderson and Patrick Taylor, a young emerging, you know, you had Phil Mayhew, but I think. I'd say Antonio Gibson's more a, a more explosive number two than Phil Mayhew was back then, and then you know Magnifico was on that team, emerged on that team, but he was only a sophomore. Now you got Magnifico as a senior, and then you also have you have Gainwell. Now Patrick Taylor was reincorporated into the lineup the other day, and so I mean this 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 thing is rolling, and They're then clicking, yeah. and then yeah. I mean Brady White. I, I said this on the radio earlier this week. He he's 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 been the best quarterback in the AAC for what six weeks now? I'd say weeks? so. I mean, is there? I mean, it's going to be between him and the SMU guy for first team All AAC. And I'd argue I'd give it to Brady because he outplayed him in that SMU Absolutely. game. If yeah. he continue, if these next couple games he continues to play like he's played, I have a feeling Bouchelle will get it because of the body of his numbers are going to be really good. But That's we'll see efficiency wise. Brady is better than yeah. uh, Shane. I mean, is Sh- is Bouchelle on the uh, Davy O'Brien? I believe he is as well. Is yes. he okay? Yes, All he's right. one of the semifinalists along with Brady. Okay, White. so it's a little more neck and neck. Yeah, and then you know, and then you, I forgot to even mention Coxy, who I don't know. He's maybe he's a different type of receiver than Anthony Miller. He's probably not quite as good as Anthony Miller is, but he's really a really good number one. Yep. You know, probably one of the two best wide receivers in the league. Yeah, and so. I mean, this thing is just rolling now offensively, and it really is. I, it's just, the the. I mean, we've talked about Brady White's transformation a little bit. You wrote about it this week. I mean, in your mind, Evan, what has changed for him? Because he just looks. It's not like he wasn't comfortable with the offense, because that was like the whole thing. Like mentally, he had it down. Right. But what what do you think got into him? After that Navy game, or really, I mean, even after that Temple game, like what what's happened? I, I've been we've been trying to figure it out. We've asked him, like, do you feel more comfortable? Do you feel different? And he's basically like, I'm just playing ball. I'm not doing anything different. But there's something different with just how he's throwing the ball downfield. Where we talked about how he's his yards per attempt have gone up. We've talked about how he's spraying the ball more and the different personnel that have been used to to be effective. Um, I'm still trying to figure it out myself because you see, even in the Houston game, one thing I noticed was his footwork was much better. He was, he, I think he had one play where he spun away from a defender and threw the ball away, and then he was able to extend the play, and then he had that touchdown run. Um, he's just looking like a more confident quarterback with not just his his mental side, but hey, he's just doing what needs to be done. He's running the ball more when he needs to, um, and it's really kind of carried this offense because right now he's playing at a level that I don't think we thought he could but as I said, it also speaks to the balance around him as well, too, stepping up. He's just chucking the ball with a lot of confidence. Like just he's he's attempting throws that he wouldn't have attempted at the beginning of the year. This 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 type And I don't know if it's play calling or whether it's just him, you know, 
loosening up. But it's, yeah, it's usually around this. It's usually when when you see a guy take a step, you know, take a step forward in his development. Is it, you usually hear these people, these guys, say things like the game is slowing down, those sorts of things. Has he said anything like that? Not like that. We asked, I asked him again today, like, what's? Do you feel more just aware of what you're doing? He's like, no, I'm just playing ball. Like, I, the, it, it's. What? Well, I was going to say, that's the weird thing about Brady. The mental side was never the problem. No, no. It was already slowed down for him in the sense that they they entrusted him a lot with like pre-snap checks and, and all the, the mental side of the game. It, it's really physically, he looks like a totally different thrower in some regards. Like he's just letting loose more than he was before. And I don't know if it's a mindset thing. I don't know if it's a play calling thing, but... It just looks so. I mean, it just looks great. I mean, he still doesn't. Have, he still doesn't have the arm Riley had, but he's completing a lot of the same throws Riley did down the field. And so, you know, and and you know, I do think after that Temple game, Mike changed the offense slightly. You know, you don't see those. They're not they're, throwing those wide receiver screens anymore. No. They stopped doing that for the most part. And um, they, they're they're move now that now with Taylor back, they can really move Gainwell around a lot. I, I'm curious. Evan, what did you think of what what did you think Patrick Taylor looked like when he was out there? And what do you foresee how do you foresee his role kind of developing here over the next these last couple regular season games? I thought it was a good dip back in there. I, I charted his plays. He played about twenty or so plays. He looked comfortable. He didn't look like he was, you know, tentative out there, but clearly they weren't they were being very careful with him. He'd come in for about maybe three or four plays, but he really wouldn't, you know, they didn't want to give him too much of a, a workload. But I thought he looked solid. He didn't, you know, he looked like somebody who hadn't played in over two months. But he looked okay. But I still think that for the Went next... Went off limping there at one point. It was a little scary. He, he was, but they, they reassured he was fine. He was a full go of practice the last two days. But I think this next game we'll see, you know, how he gets used a little bit more. He obviously didn't start against Houston, but we'll see if he gets used a little bit more play-wise and... Maybe by Cincinnati he gets more into that split carries role, but it looks like we'll see Game will probably still get the bulk of the carries. What do, what do you make of South Florida? How dangerous of a game is this for Memphis? They just you know, they lost by three points to Cincinnati just last week. Um and they seem to be playing better here lately than they were at the beginning of the year. Um you know, they lost to Temple seventeen seven. Um so the last three weeks they be, the last three games they beat ECU convincingly on the road, lost to Temple at home 17-7, and then lost to Cincinnati at home 20-17. to What do you make of South Florida? I think this is a dangerous game. I, I personally don't know if Memphis is going to score the 40 points they've been putting up lately because this defense, especially the secondary, is really good. I believe they lead the AAC in passing defense. They're number eight in the country in that. Um <clears throat> You know those South Florida guys are going to be big. They're going to be fast. Um, they're going to have some pride with this being their last home game. Um, I think this is this is a tough game. I don't think Memphis is going to just steamroll them. And if they do, that says a lot for what I think is going to happen against Cincinnati next week. But I think this will be a good reminder for them to just kind of, you know, see if their defense can get back to where it was again. Um, again, maybe Austin Hall doesn't play, so can this defense, you know, match that up? But again, if, if Brady White can pick apart the South Florida defense, then I think I would feel very confident that we'll have a lot to talk about in the next two weeks. But we'll see. I think this game is tricky. Yeah. No, well, and I'm just – it was going to be tricky in terms of it's a huge sports day in Memphis Saturday, 
and the TV gods really place this perfectly uh, for those of us not going down to Tampa. You've got Memphis Ole Miss at noon in basketball. Then you've got, if you're going to that game, then you're going to have like probably an hour to get to a TV to watch Memphis South Florida football. Kicks off at three. Yep. And then four hours after that, so pretty perfectly positioned. If you want to, if you want to, you say, say you, say you go watch, you go watch Memphis Ole Miss at FedEx Forum. Find a sports bar downtown to watch Memphis USF, and then you can come back to the forum and see LeBron's first visit uh, when the Lakers take on the Grizzlies Saturday night. And also, by the way, the Grizzlies debuting those throwback, those cool looking throwback Van- teal Vancouver esque jerseys. So, really, if you're a Memphis sports fan, it is an app. And and obviously it won't be perfect unless the teams deliver. We get a Tiger basketball victory, a Tiger football win, and I don't know about the Grizzlies part, but you know, you know what I'm saying. It's a great day to be a Memphis sports fan. It's not college game day. No, 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 but, no, no. but I mean, it's sneaky good, man. Yeah. Like that's I mean, it, because of the convenience factor. I mean, you can just you can walk somewhere and uh, and and find a spot to watch the, uh, the football game and go back uh, for a night. And then you get to go to Tampa. One of my fa- that's probably Tampa might be other than New Orleans, my favorite road trip in the AAC. No kid, really? Yes. Um, it's I mean, it's better. I mean, where else would be better? I mean, I guess Navy, sort of. Since I'm from around there, um, <laughs> now I need like recommendations on food and stuff because it's going to be warm down there, which is awesome for me. But I'm going to need some recommendations from you. Yeah, I guess it's not really necessarily the food; it's just the vibe. Like I, I, I hate Orlando. Like it's my least favorite Florida city. Tell us, um, tell us how you feel about Orlando. Mark. I despise it. Yeah, I went there so much the past few years because because of the AAC championship game, UCF. Like the UCF area is fine. What do you think of UCF Stadium? It's a dump. The erector set. It's it's a it's an example of why everyone who's just like we should build a you know on campus stadium for Memphis just do whatever it takes. Like you don't want to be you don't want to be stuck with that pos. What's your opinion of Josh Heifel? <laughs> He's fine. He's not as good as Scott Frost. Uh, what about Mickey Mouse? Really. Eh, I've grown. He's growing back on me because really? my son has been watching cartoons, <laughs> and, just... and apparently Mickey Mouse is one of the few things that kept you know, kind of keeps his attention for longer than thirty seconds at this point. And the magic. I don't like what they did to Penny. I don't okay. like how the fans have have kind of shunned Penny. So it of, runs so. deep. This, this I don't like strong. Orlando. It's not a great. It's like the, it's the worst Florida city. Worse than Jacksonville. Obviously worse than Miami. Not even close to Tampa. <laughs> it's the worst Florida wow. city. I, I I even liked Tallahassee more. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Yep. Nothing wrong with Tallahassee. You make it sound like it's the Fresno of Florida. Fresno <laughs> was okay, but Fresno's not great. Yeah, it's like the cow town of Florida. <laughs> but we digress. And they do play in an NFL stadium, so it'll be like the it'll be like Temple, but worse in terms of crowd <laughs> atmosphere. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but yeah. no, you'll like Tampa. Tampa's a nice town. I like Tampa a lot. That'll work. I can uh, work with that. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, do you have a prediction for how this is going to play out? So you said, do you think? Do you think it looks a lot like the Houston game in the sense that Memphis kind of maybe comes out a little sluggish and then puts on the Jets, or do you think this is going to be a drag them out, knockdown fight like the Cincinnati game? Was? I think it'll be a mix of for Memphis. I think it'll be a mix of the Houston game and a mix of the T- Tulsa game. It'll be tight early on, maybe for three quarters. Memphis pulls away, and then we all look forward to Black Friday. I mean, 
South Florida's got nothing to lose, right? I mean, that's that's the inherent risk of when you've got all this stuff to play for. And, and talking about Memphis, they've got so many great things uh, ahead of them, still ahead of them. And then you've got well, isn't South Florida is technically playing for bowl eligibility? They got yeah, to win this game two games to, to be, be bowl. bowl eligible, and so therefore Charlie Strong could be playing. You know, could be coaching for his job yeah I mean, yeah so in some so, ways you know i mean and that, it's senior, that too it's senior night they're gonna be there's gonna be pride at stake out here yeah because they have I mean, they have memphis and then at ucf it's a tough hill to, tough tough hill to, tough sledding i guess right. if you will for yep. usf even though it doesn't snow down there <laughs> um but so here here let's just lay it out real quick before we sign off here so basically how this goes for memphis is they win against USF, and the Navy and SMU, I believe, play this week. Correct. So the winner of that will be in position to steal the AAC West division should Memphis lose to Cincinnati uh, in, in a, a week from now. So essentially, if Memphis beats, since, beats South Florida and beats Cincinnati, they will host the AAC championship game here in Memphis. If Cincinnati wins this week... They're in whether they're in the championship game whether they beat Memphis or not. Right. They'll just be playing if they'll be playing to host it essentially. Right. And um, if if Cincinnati loses this week, who are they playing? Do we know? Temple? Temple, which is a losable game. That then makes it very complicated because then Cincinnati, Temple, and UCF, I believe, would all be involved in a tiebreaker, and I believe the first tiebreaker is college football playoff ranking. But my guess is, if Cincinnati loses to Temple, it won't be ranked in the college football playoff ranking. And so then it gets real convoluted. And I would venture to guess that it's going to come... Because I don't know what they're... It, it, the way it works in basketball, I'm not sure if it works like this in football, is it goes to is it goes to then a common opponent. Essentially, their record against common opponents. So Memphis wouldn't factor into it because they didn't play UCF. Um it, it it would be their the common opponents in the league their record against them and whoever had the best record would get in but that would be really confusing and regardless Memphis would host in that scenario so that's all you know that really uh, lessens whatever you know blow that would cause because I do think it's going to be really awkward I'll be honest if Memphis has to beat Cincinnati two weeks in a row I think that's going to be it's tough to do. It's tough to do two times in one season. Yeah, much less back to back weeks. Right. Yeah, it's just right. going to be odd, and I think it's a. I mean, I guess um, it's not going to be an issue moving forward. But like, just the, the AAC should not have put two co- cross division teams playing each other in the last week for this very reason. Should have been a division game this last game of the year. But but before before we actually go, they announced the schedule scheduling format for the next two years. Uh, for Memphis, um, now that they're going away with divisions because UConn's leaving, and it looks like they, basically from the schedule, what I took away was they view Memphis as going to as going to be a marquee team in the league the next couple years because they're playing all the good teams. Yeah, tw- <laughs> especially next year. Yeah, twenty twenty is going to be a, a hell of a slate. I mean, you're talking about <clears throat> UCF host Memphis is going to host UCF, Houston, South Florida, and Temple. And go to Cincinnati, Navy, SMU, Tulane. Of those eight teams, six are bowl eligible. We think Houston's probably going to be a little bit better next year. So that is a tough slate. Here's my question um, in terms of, so what are the home games? UCF, Houston, South Florida, Temple. 
Gotcha. And then your home games in non-conference play are Arkansas State and UT Martin. Um, and you go to Purdue the second game of the year. And then you're playing at uh, University of Texas San Antonio. Uh, Tom Bowen special right there. <laughs> um, so it's good It's good in this sense that they got this good home slate in conference play because there's not any good non-conference home games. So at least you're getting UCF, Temple, Houston all at home, and they're all expected to be pretty good. I don't know about USF. Right. So that's good for the fans, but it's also just going to be a hard conference slate. So Yeah. All right, well, we'll be back uh, a more regular time, probably next Monday, um, ahead of Thanksgiving. Hopefully, we're talking about a do-or-die Cincinnati game on Black Friday uh, after Memphis beats USF. Uh, so, And judging from how they've looked lately, I think they will beat USF. So uh, till next time, I was Mark. I was joined by Evan and Jason. Thanks so much, and enjoy your week, or the rest of it. A new episode of the Tiger Football Podcast posts each Tuesday during the regular season. You can also subscribe to the show for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.